Hi, this is Stover, the barbecue hunk. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Have a hunky day. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to a hunky barbecue central show. It's a show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the ultra hunky rock and roll hall of fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. The barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you. If you want to jump in on the show this evening, I'm happy to have you. You can do it one of two ways. Phone call, or in lieu of a phone call, an email. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, it is the first Tuesday of a new month. So you know what that means. There will be the standby regular guests that will fill in. Do their thing. We will also have a guest that is, uh, at this point in 2019, semi-recurring. Prior to 2019, nowhere to be found. Not her specifically, but the organization that she represents, nowhere to be found, at least on this show. But first up, the pitmaster of Killer Hogs competition team and the founder-slash-creator, perhaps co-founder-slash-creator, of How to BBQ Right, Malcolm Reed, will be joining me. We'll get a quick recap on Malcolm's Thanksgiving. That happened this past Thursday. Hopefully everybody that is listening whenever you consume this had a great Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving weekend. Big weekend, long weekend for a lot of us. Some stretched it out into yesterday. Maybe that was you as well. So hopefully you had a great one. So we'll catch up with Malcolm on that. Malcolm is also a very avid hunter. And I believe we are now in the teeth of hunting season. My boss has been out the last two days because he is deer hunting somewhere in Southeast Ohio, which is evidently where all of the deer hunters go to hunt their deer. And we are only now a few weeks away from a huge holiday season. Whatever you celebrate, uh, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, the traditional Christmas, whatever it is, there could be gifts being given. And you want to make sure that you're giving the best gifts possible. So we'll talk to Malcolm about gifts that he's recommending for people that are asking him. Also, what is Malcolm looking to get? underneath the Christmas tree or menorah or whatever um, uh, thing it is you put in your house to admire during this holiday season. Then we will 
part ways with Malcolm and join the CEO of Kansas City Barbecue Society, Emily Detweiler. This is the semi-recurring person I was talking about. You saw her here when she was with Smithfield, but she's been on, this is probably her third or fourth time since making that land break announcement and exclusive announcement here on the Barbecue Central show a handful of months back. And we will talk to her about a sale that is going on right now at KCBS, and it's not like something you're going to discount code for and buy, but it's a sale of the headquarters of KCBS as it sits right now. Uh, There's also a number of other business topics to address. Also, we'll look forward to 2020, not the least of which is the KCBS World Invitational. You remember that all the way back in February, the first installment of that. And that met with semi-mixed reviews, and we'll uh, talk to Emily and see what might be in transition, uh, what might look a little bit newer, what might look a lot of the same. All good stuff. Then we will transition into the second hour. Now, from a programming-slash-format perspective, this will break just because I'm trying to accommodate. You know, as a host with recurring guests, I do demand that if you're going to commit to me that you're going to be on in your segment, that you are going to be available. Now, I certainly understand that at times things will come up, perhaps even more important things than the show. I don't know why that would be hugely frequent, but just in case, I like to be pliable. I like to be amenable. I like to accommodate. Sam has business at the bottom of the second hour that popped up that he needs to tend to. And I said, why don't we do this? Instead of going really short and then having me try and figure out how I'm going to backfill on late notice, let's start right at the top of the second hour. So this is how it will sound. Intro to second hour music, Sam the cooking guy right off the bat, and we'll probably break off around 20 to 25 after. Then we have semi-open segment. I will get to top of the second hour stuff as I would normally do, like giving you the run-up on best of, maybe I have a rant in the chamber, talking about social media stuff, all this, that will happen after Sam comes through, so just want to make sure that if you're going to stick with me through the next two hours that you're not a little mind-boggled when we hit the top of the second hour, and instead of the normal stuff, I have a guest right off the bat. It happens from time to time. I think the last top-of-the-hour guest was, um, oh, geez, Angel the cooking, the, the steak cooking champ. What was her last name? Angel Reed sticks in my mind, but I'm pretty sure it's not Angel Reed. Angel Todd, that's what it is. Angel Todd. I knew it. I think she was the last very top, just so we could fit it in. Anyway, that's what's happening. We have Malcolm Reed coming up here shortly. We have Emily Detweiler after Malcolm. We have Sam the Cooking Guy top, top of the second hour. And then we'll have some fun and hijinks after that. Maybe we'll have some giveaways. It is the holiday season, so even if you don't like the prize, you can re-gift if you want. A couple things to get out of the way. Last week... We talked about a huge-ass cutting board with Richie Robin from Gator Pit. A lot of you sent me emails saying that you were taking advantage of that, and it did come out 
to that 148 and change after the 10% discount. That code, if you've been waiting on the fence for the last seven days, is BBQ Central. You can call Richie if you want and say, hey, I heard about these cutting boards on the Barbecue Central show. Can I get that hookup? If you can't remember BBQ Central show, and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to accommodate you. But again, that coupon code as you check out through GatorPit.net is BBQ Central. It saves you 10%, and you're right in that 148-149 range after it's all said and done. I used that cutting board again this weekend a couple different times, and I'm telling you the amount of food that you can put on this thing is incredible. And I was honestly a bit apprehensive when it actually reached me because I said, you know, there's just no way in hell I'm going to be able to wash this thing in my normal sink because it is 18 inches wide and it's 36 inches long and it's a half inch thick and it's not going to fit in my two-bay sink. The only other option that I was thinking about at that point was having to take it down into the basement where my utility tub is. And as it's laying out long ways after I had used it for a good hour or two, I said, you know what? This A, this grease trap that runs all the way around this cutting board is phenomenal. It's deep. The juices do not cause it to overrunneth its sides. And all I did was take a whole bunch of uh, paper towels and just kind of gently sopped up all the major juices, natural juices. And then I uh, took a uh, my a dish wand, right? And this is right out on the counter. Did the whole dish wand thing. Took my Purell spray, sprayed the top down, let it sit three minutes to disinfect properly, and then came back over it with a clean, wet rag few different times to rinsey rinse and I was in business super easy to wash now no reason this should not be on my counter all the time soon as I figured out in my brain that I could wash it on the counter easy stuff so there's no reason that you shouldn't be racing over to get one again gatorpit.net and then I think there's a store button at the top right it's red and uh, you can go the first thing listed is that cutting board go ahead and buy one and those rubber feet are so ridiculously great by the way. So convenient. Locks everything in place. And I do want to thank Richie Robin because two days later, he sent me my first pecan pie or pecan pie. I don't know if you've partaken in the pecan pie or pecan pie, however the hell you're supposed to say it. I'm not a huge nut guy, but pecan pie just might have overtaken number one pie in the industry for me, and that's over cherry pie. Uh-oh. I love cherry pie now. A good tart cherry pie, my fa- my favorite. But pecan pie now might be my favorite. They're all my favorite. You know what else is my favorite? Big Papa Smokers. That's right, Sterling Ball and the gang over there. Shopping online for all things barbecue. A curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. We'll get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa Smokers has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. They have these great rubs and spices. 13, by the way, if you're counting. That's my favorite number, by the way, Lucky 13. Popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, Desert Gold, Double Secret Steak Rub. 
Can I get a little jalapeno bacon on that? Yeah, you betcha. Whole bunch to choose from. You're not going to be disappointed. They also team up with Steph Franklin over at Simply Marvelous Barbecue. Put those two rubs together. You're messing around with the West Coast offense at your discretion. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. If you're sick of the old standard sauces that are out there looking for something new, try out Granny's Barbecue Sauce. They're also selling smokers over there. You know what I'm talking about, right? If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa Smokers is the exclusive Mac dealer and even offers special packages that nobody else can. If you're not a fan of the pellet cookers, try the Old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure what smoker you need, you really can't go wrong with anything being sold on BigPapaSmokers.com. If you have questions, you call them 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or you shop their website for crying out loud, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A smokers.com. We are back with Malcolm Reed of How to Barbecue Right. Next, stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue. Makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauce, grilling oils. All of Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up now. Always trust your butcher. As I said last week, if you are on the hunt for new barbecue-related podcasts, while I don't typically promote other barbecue podcasts because they mostly suck, David has a new barbecue podcast. Episode 4 was just released, and he does a really good podcast. Mostly because he gained wisdom and knowledge from me. (laughs) But it was up to him. It's like they say in competition classes, right? You you show up, they can give you all the information and all this stuff, and it's really up to the student to then go apply it and make sure that you are uh, taking what you learn. And that's the biggest disconnect. That's why... You don't go to Darren Worst class. You don't go to a Rod Gray class back in the day. And then all of a sudden, the next competition, you're winning grand championships. You have to be able to then replicate what they're telling you. Same thing goes, right? Uh, Dave was asking me questions. I gave him some info. And now he is off and running. And, man, uh, he is doing really well. So congratulations to Dave. All right. First Tuesday of the month brings a visit from the pitmaster of Killer Hogs team and the I think co-founder of How to Barbecue Right. I don't want Rochelle to potentially slit my neck, Malcolm. So, I mean, are, are you co-founder of How to Barbecue Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. barely co-founder. Barely co-founder. 
<laughs> All right, so she, you are the uh, the general manager of How to Barbecue Right, and Rochelle is CEO of How to Barbecue Right. Yeah, I'm I'm one of the pawns, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Way to go! You're just you're just uh, talking. You're the pretty face of the company, right? That's right. That's yeah, right. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, all right, so Malcolm, we have a lot of things to talk about here this evening. Uh, let's quickly run back a handful of days to Thanksgiving. You had said on your show that I listen to as I get in my morning runs that Thanksgiving is your favorite holiday of holidays. So how did it turn out? It was fantastic, man. We had the, uh, Mike was out of school the whole week. So we had a whole week of Thanksgiving, spent a lot of time in the woods and we got to, got to go to Rochelle's family the Sunday before. And then my family on actually Thanksgiving day. So we had two good meals and Man, it was it was a blast. Is it all turkey all the time, or because multiple Thanksgiving dinners are to be had, you change it up a little bit? Um, well, we kind of do a little bit of it all. We had ham and turkey, and um, Rochelle's uh, granddad always does really good pork tenderloin that they they kind of reverse sear and you know bring it up slow and then sear it off, and that stuff's phenomenal. And um, I think there was even some fried chicken at one of them. I mean, we had a Rochelle's family. I think there was. 23 great grandkids um these are all kids now under under 10 23 great grandkids uh, that's just the great grandkids so you can imagine her generation is the grandkids and then her parents and and then the grandparents so there's there was a house full there so i I bet there was 40 people are great grandparents like 153 years old or what i mean that's that's crazy (laughs) they're up there but i don't think they're quite that old wow we i mean that's a lot of generations in a house it is, yeah. and it's a small little farmhouse, so we have a big time there. Uh, do you think that pork tenderloins are one of the more overrated? Uh, I'm sorry, underrated and/or overlooked pieces to cook? Oh man, they are. Totally. I don't know why you don't see more. You know, everybody goes for that big pork loin. I guess you see it at the grocery store, and it's you know that Sam's are three foot long, and but those little pork tenderloins that come in a two pack, man, yeah. that's some fine eating. Yeah, I there there are fit. We eat them at the house all the time. Uh, we go to Costco. It's the same thing. It's a it's a dual pack of two in a pack, and uh, super easy to whip up. Um, we I usually take mine to 135 degrees. I'll carry over maybe to 140, but uh, I'm I'm a little okay with pink in the middle. For some reason, my wife is okay with a little pork uh, uh, pink. <laughs> Getting lost in my peas here. A little okay with a little pink in the middle of her pork as well so and man they're so adaptable they take on flavors so well we had a uh, we used your jamaican jerk rub on one we used uh, my uh, traditional like sweet money slash uh, butcher's barbecue honey rub on another i mean each one could be its own flavor experience that's what i like about them in the grocery stores i've seen them marinated in different flavors you can get the asian style there's like a garlic one there's a honey mustard they do it all kinds of ways and I hadn't had a bad one. All right, so let's talk about hunting. You're a big hunting guy. Uh, if if the, if we count the next time I go hunting, that will be the first time I go hunting. So is that a family tradition for you? Um, well, I don't know about a family tradition, but I'm trying to get Michael into it. Me and me and my brother uh, go most of the time together. I got some buddies that hunt with me, but uh, we try to spend this time of year. You know, things slow down business wise, and we try to spend as much time as we can outdoors chasing deer. So what's the attraction? Here's what. Here's how I see it, because my boss is out there doing it right now, and I don't know what kind of weather you're having out there in Tennessee right now, but it has really turned into winter, at least over the last handful of days here in Cleveland. So 
It is kind of snowing. If it's not snowing, it's definitely a semi-hard wet rain. It's 33 to 34 degrees. You're going to be outside. Uh, it doesn't seem like deer are like running across the field at a rapid rate where you can just take your submachine gun and start mowing them down for a haul. And you could be out there for hours on end freezing your ass off and come home with nothing. It almost sounds as great as fishing. Oh, that's exactly what it's like. Oh, dear. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Uh, it's a, But, you know, it's a great time to be outside and, and reflect in your own thoughts, Greg. Everything's so fast-paced nowadays with, you know, the Internet at your fingertips on your phones and meetings and phone calls and podcasts and videos and all the stuff that you get tied up in. It's just nice to get away and enjoy outside and just being sitting there alone a lot of times. So is it is it more for that and then if you get a deer – that's a bonus. Oh yeah, I'm pretty mad at them. You know, I like to shoot them. <laughs> do, I mean, do you you have an issue with deer just like everybody else's? I mean, here in Cleveland, where I live, there's literally no woods in Wycliffe. I'm 10 minutes outside of downtown Cleveland, and the deer roam the streets like they are a new gang set, and they don't care. They're unafraid. They will come right up onto your front door if you're sitting outside on the stoop and eat your plants right in front of you. Uh, they seem totally unaffected, and uh, perhaps it's just because we've developed so much of their own habitat they have nowhere to go. But I also think that there is just a huge over-deer population. That needs to be culled quite a bit. That's that's it. I mean, we're, we're kind of encroached on their territory. That's why you see so many of them. And as they pop up neighborhoods and suburbs and cities, it, you know, you see more deer. But it's really, it was their land first. And we kind of invaded their space, but but yeah, they cause a lot of accidents. In here, in Mississippi, we have our fair, you know, fair share of deer population. So uh, it's not, you know, you, you ride up and down the highways and roads, and you see them hit by cars. It does mm. a lot of damage. And so we try, you know, it's not so much as they're tearing up farmers' crops anymore, as it's you're trying to control them so they don't cause cause accidents. And and it, it, anything that gets overpopulated, I mean, they start getting disease and spreading, you know, various things. And so nature has its way of taking them out of but the hunters you know we try to do our, our our you know our fair share and we try to eat all the ones that we take so we don't just throw them away all right so did we come on the positive or the negative for deer hunting oh yeah no i've, I've had some luck uh, I've, i killed a nice doe got some meat in the freezer and oh. uh, we've been taking some our kids with us so we put you know one of the kids killed a, uh, a nice eight point already and uh, we've been seeing a lot of young bucks so we try to let those grow up and we try to shoot the older does and and let the kids have a fair share of killing something. So it's it's kind of social too. We try to have a good time with it, but I'm I'm still waiting on a big one. So is it a is it a, a real thing happening when like when is this uh, has Michael taken his first deer already? He last year he was lucky right. enough to, to to shoot his first deer, and he's been this year he's been kind of a little more selective. Oh, he's kind of trying to trophy hunt a little bit now. Got it. <laughs> so do, on that first deer, does he? Do you make him run down and produce the bow, uh, the buck knife, cut his throat open, and like drink a hot cup of blood or anything <laughs> like that? We didn't get into any of that. I, I may I may have smeared a little blood on his face when we were cleaning it, but <laughs> I didn't make him eat the heart or anything. Yes, yeah, that seems a little aggressive, I guess. Uh, all right, so uh, successful hunting. Is that a gun hunting then, or do you bow hunt too, or what? Um, right now we're rifle season, but yeah, archery kicked off several months ago. I usually leave that alone because the mosquitoes, <laughs> oh. they'll eat it up. So, uh, you know, I, I wait to to like first good frost the weather starts getting cold and usually it's youth season for a couple weeks and then it goes into 
a primitive weapon, and then now it's rifle season. So, what's a primitive weapon? A uh, muzzle loader type weapon, you know, black powder. Really? Hmm. But nowadays they're they're about like a modern rifle, yeah. really. All right. Wow. Uh, Malcolm rejoining us here on the show, talking about deer hunting season. So, is that almost done, like how long does that run? A month or two or three? Uh, it'll go to the end of January here in oh, Mississippi. Right. So we've still got a ways to go. Two, you know, two more months, uh, I guess. We got all of December and all of January. So. Yeah, all right. Uh, so you're going to get back out there again? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I may go in the morning. All right. So, like, do you have a do you set a quota of deer that you like to hit during season, or just whatever you can get, you'll take? No, you know, I, I try to put some meat in the freezer, and then we get real selective, and we just look for the older, mature animals. But you know, I don't have like a number that I have to take or anything. We we try to you know take a few out of the herd just to keep the help control the population. But uh, I give some away too. All right, so in a couple weeks, Malcolm, we have Christmas coming up, obviously a bunch of other uh, major holidays as well, and that typically involves gift-giving. And if you are an expert and such a uh, barbecue celebrity as yourself, people have to be running up to you on the street all the time. But Malcolm, uh, my husband or my wife or whatever it is, they're really into barbecue and grilling. What should I be getting them? So do you have a list of items that uh, either – media outlets are asking you to submit to them that they can reprint or when these uh, uh, folks run up to you and ask you for your ideas that you whip out of, you know, three or four items that they should be looking at? Well, I don't, you know, I get asked all the time and I guess the main thing that, that I recommend is, is probably a good thermometer. And I always go with the Thermoworks. I mean, if you got, you got you one of those dot probe thermometers where you can put it in the meat and watch it while it cooks. Yep. And then you have a thermopin or a thermopop that you can see a, really good accurate temperature when it's done. I mean, those are essential to me, barbecue tools. Um, also recommend grill grates a lot. That's something that will change your grilling game. If you're into cooking steaks or grilling stuff, you know, over a hot fire, those things work great. And uh, I don't know. Let's see. What else do I recommend? Um, you know, you can't go wrong with PK grill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you find that when – I always uh, I'm I'm with you. The first thing I always recommend I say if you if you don't have a really good instant read meat thermometer, that's going to be the first thing that's going to elevate whatever it is you're currently experiencing in your house, which is probably mediocre at best, to a significant jump right off the bat. It has nothing to do with rubs, it has nothing to do with cooking temperature, or anything like that. But if you're pulling the stuff off at the right temperature, then that is going to change your whole food experience for the better. So uh, totally on board with that. Now, people do give me a little flack when they go to thermoworks.com and they see Thermopen, they see it's 85 bucks, and I quickly overcome that objection and say, like, you know, I have two or three of them, and this is one of those things where, and I guess it's like anything in life, right? You buy the best, you only cry once. Um, this is especially true with an accurate thermometer. You can buy a piece of crap thermometer, and it might be accurate, kind of, for the first handful of times that you use it. But if you're not checking it all the time in boiling water so you can then adjust to how inaccurate it has become over a two-week period of time, you're going to be going out and buying another one. You're buying another one. Well, you know, seven thermometers later, you could have had that thermopen, and it would have been the same one. And now we're at break-even on the ROI. You're probably at a loss on the cheaper one. So uh, when you talk about grills, do you also uh, – is like your first question before you uh, rifle off a couple suggestions – you know, what's your budget or do you have a budget or anything like that? Or you just tell them what you think you would like? 
Well, I, it's always budget-minded, usually, when you're talking with somebody that's looking to buy a grill, unless they come out and tell you how much they got to spend. But I usually start off with, you know, what do you want to use it for? Are you wanting something you can smoke and grill on? Are you just wanting a smoker? Are you trying to stay within a certain dollar amount? Um, you know, a lot of times, I, I, most people are looking for an economical smoker, not just a grill. They usually have a grill. So I go with the, uh, the drum-style grills, like the mm -hmm. Pit Barrel, or, you know, that, that's a great one. Uh, Big Papa sells a kit that you can buy, you know, and build your own drum. Right. That's always a great option. Some people like to, to build their own stuff, and that really works great. And then if you want a fancier one, those gateway ones are hard to beat. But there's a lot of great options out there. All those are well under a 1000 bucks. you know. You running any Killer Hog product specials over the holiday season? Um, yeah, we always put together some bundle packs. Um, there's some things on the website Rochelle's got going on. Um, I know we come out with some, uh, you know, sweet. I think it's called Sweet Pack, uh, the Sweet Bundle Pack, or something like that. It's got some different things paired in it. We've got a spicy one, and we've got some uh, Ultimate Fan Packs and things like that. So it's just stuff that we do during the holidays. If you're looking for Christmas gifts, you can, you know, you can pick up on the store. All right, I'm not. She don't give me any control over that stuff. So. <laughs> uh, well, that's right. That's because you're the pretty face, and she's the guy, the person that controls everything. Come on. Uh, KillerHogs.com is the website if they want to check it out, right? That's it. Go to KillerHogs.com or HowToBarbecueRight.com. Either one, man. All right. Um, now, let's get to the important question here. What is Malcolm Reed hoping to find under the tree this holiday season? What, what am I hoping to find or what I know that I'm going to get? Because that's going to be socks, Greg. I know it. Socks? Oh, dear. No, I'll tell you what I want. This, 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 this is kind of specific, but I'm you know I've got Miss Jolene out in the garage, and I'll roll her out to do some videos when I'm cooking on my stick burner. Yep. I need me a wood rack that I can put my splits in and yep. roll out too. So if if Santa Claus or somebody's listening out there, I could use a really I could use me a, port, a rolling wood rack. Oh, to, have you seen those before? Do they make those rolling wood racks? I've seen. I've, I've started looking like on Amazon, and I, I haven't seen anything that really like you know. I was just thrilled about a lot of the ones I see are carts that you would use to pull wood in from the wood pile for your you know for your fireplace. Hmm. So I might have to go that route. But I had envisioned like you know one of these nice ones that you see people stacking wood in that's just on wheels. But I hadn't found it yet. Yeah, I have a. I have one. It's not mobile though, so it stays in the backyard and it sits just behind my lang and when i get a new delivery of wood we and it's uh you know they used to call it a rick of wood and you know now it's a half cord or whatever it is but it seems like it's probably five to six feet high and you know maybe eight feet long maybe 10 feet long or something like that and the guy comes from the west side of cleveland gives me all my cherry wood and then we stack it up and uh, but it's definitely not mobile um I, I probably wouldn't care too much to put it in the garage but you'd like to keep the wood in the in the garage to keep it dry all the time yeah, that's what I'm thinking, and I'm just you know I'm not definitely not going to put like half a cord on it, but I like to, you know I like to keep you know several sticks stacked up. But I'm going to run a cook. I mean when I when I buy it, I usually buy wood by the big I don't know it's like a 50 pound sack of it, and mm -hmm. it's you know burning wood for for smoking. It's not just like something I've chopped down or anything. But I was thinking that I could uh, you know get it stacked up, perfect splits, and then have it to where I can just roll it out and be right there by Jolene. Yeah, all right, Santa, if you're listening. Uh Malcolm wants a rolling wood manger, so uh, make sure you make that happen for him this coming Christmas. Um, do you have an update on the trailer that you're having built? We talked about that a couple months ago, and I think in between you were given the green light, and then all of a sudden you were 
at a at a crossroads of how you actually wanted to proceed. But I know you've since pulled the trigger and things are in development. So where is that happening? Yeah, it's you know I've already put my money down, so the deposit's paid and it's already in the frame shop. So they're working on the frame on it as we speak. Um, I'm looking to have it here right after the first of the year oh, wow. if everything goes well. So I was surprised by how fast those guys were. I was you know I was thinking four or five months, but hey, you know it's going to be. Uh, about six weeks, so that's that's pretty awesome to build a trailer. How did you end up outfitting it? Um, well, I went with a 28-foot bumper pull trailer, uh, beefed-up axles on it so it could handle the, the uh, weight of the smokers, but I kind of split it up into three compartments. Up front, it's going to have like a little – in the V-nose will be storage, mm-hmm. and then it'll have a bedroom, and there it can have two sets of bunks. And then when you come out of there into the main cooking area – uh, it's going to have a walk-in bathroom, full-size shower, uh, you know, toilet, hand sink, the whole nine yards. And then it's going to have my prep area, which is going to be, um, you know, like a big stainless sink, overhead cabinets, prep counter. And it's also going to have like a folding sofa in there. Mm. And then you go out a door onto the porch, and that's where the smoker and everything will be. So it's kind of divided up, but uh, it should it should work out great, I hope. Uh, last thing before I let you go, I did hear on the, I don't know if it was this, well, you were off, uh, this past week because of the holiday, but you had made a, an announcement maybe on the last podcast or the one before that the how to BBQ right app is back out and available for download. Yes. We finally got it. Re, uh, the update released on it and it's working great from what I can hear. I think there's been a few bugs, but, um, it's for Android and for the, you know, iPhones, it's been updated. And they added some new features to it where you can like some of the stuff on it or if you want to save it for future reference as far as the recipes and stuff, you can listen to our podcast on it. And, uh, of course, watch all the YouTube stuff we do and, and just kind of keep up with what's going on in how barbecue right world. All right. Well, if you have a smart device, make sure that you get it. I know it's on my Android device. And as Malcolm said, you can obviously get it on iOS as well. You see him here the first Tuesday of the month. Believe it or not, Malcolm. This closes out the first year that we did 12 in a row, if you can believe it. I don't think, maybe we missed one, maybe, but I think uh, we got at least 11 out of uh, 12 in, which is absolutely phenomenal. Hopefully, you've had a good time doing it, and I look forward to starting 2020 with you uh, next year. Hey, Greg, it's been a crazy year, man. It seems like it was just yesterday we started, but I've had a blast, man. I'm looking forward to next year. All right, Malcolm, thanks so much. I got it. I got to get you on my podcast next year, man. Maybe you can, we could do a little crossover. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll do it. Have a great uh, holiday. Tell everybody I said hi. You too, man. All see right. you in 2020. Take care. There he is, Malcolm Breed. We'll see him in 2020 because 2019 is rapidly coming to a close. <laughs> you see, you thought I was kidding when I said that all the way back in January. But now it's not so funny anymore, is it? That's, no, it's not. 2019 is rapidly coming to a close. That trailer sounds pretty succulent. Where did my file go? There we go. All right. That's Malcolm Reed, How to Barbecue Right. How to BBQ Right.com, the uh, uh, video page, also KillerHogs.com. If you want to check them out there, either way, you can. Get at him. Also, he had mentioned that the app is all ready to go. 
refound, redownloaded, re-released. The bugs worked out, however you want to say it. So if you have any type of smartphone device platform, go to your app store and search for How to BBQ Right. Again, I use Android, and I was able to find it very quickly. And it does work as advertised. I didn't find any bugs on my end. so Good for me. Emily Detweiler coming up out of the break. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all of your pellet-driven cookers, if, and I say if, you are looking... For great flavors, some options for 100% wood, you want to go to cookandpellets.com and purchase. Great gifts as well. You can also get it on Amazon if you want. No problem. Here to help Chris Becker with great variations and flavors of wood pellets, cookandpellets.com. That's cookandpellets.com. All right, my next guest in the first hour is the current CEO of the Kansas City Barbecue Society, and we are here to discuss some KCBS business and get updates. Friend of show, Emily Detweiler. Hey, Emily. Hey, Greg. How are you tonight? I am fine. Uh, are you uh, still out west, or have you made it back to the heart of America? I am still out west, really? having some California adventures. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> is it a business related, or is it mostly uh, just R and R, or what's happening out there? Mostly some R and R with yeah. uh, with my family. So, nice. Yeah, good times out here. Now, I saw that you were at Disneyland. Um, I'm just going to assume because you you have kids in that uh, range, and because you're kind of in the center of the country, that maybe you've been to both. Disney World and Disneyland, is that true? Oh, it is now. So this oh. is my first trip to Disneyland, but um, I have not taken my children to Disney World, but oh. I have myself. When I was in high school, I played in a marching band, and I had the distinct privilege of marching down Main Street USA oh. in Disney World and then competing in the Disney Magic Music Games. So, so I have been to parts now. How do you compare and contrast? Is the one out in California just a smaller version of the one in Florida, or are there pretty distinct differences? I would say there's pretty distinct differences. It's hmm. also been over 20 years since <laughs> I've been to the other one, so I'm sure things have changed dramatically. But um, I can honestly say, as a parent, I am so glad to have taken my children to the smaller of the two. Um, <laughs> but it's been fantastic. Great stuff. Uh, Emily Detweiler joining us here on the show. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about some KCBS stuff that's happening, uh, not the least of which is a, uh, I guess, a, a vote that has to go out to membership that involves the sale of the current KCBS headquarters. So before I uh, start mistalking, uh, why don't you go ahead and kind of brief us on where the transaction is at and what you need from your membership. 
Yeah, fantastic. Well, thanks for asking. So it's been a really exciting couple of months uh, coming on board and just making things continue to happen, which has been great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the uh, KCBS building has been for sale for almost a year now, probably over a year, actually. Um, and we've just been waiting for the right, right buyer to come along, and it's been a great, great area. So anyway, we just recently found... Um, uh, a buyer with a market-based offering, which is fantastic. It's going to be great for KCBS um, to proceed. So, um, you know, basically what we've got at this point is a really, really qualified buyer. We're full-on into a purchase sale agreement time period and all of that. So looking fantastic. Um, you know, our plan at this point is to take the proceeds from the sale of the building and reinvest it back into the mission. Um, you know, I think at the time when the previous, well, it's been a couple boards ago, actually, um, thought about buying this building, you know, the vision was different than it is now. And at the time, that vision was really to um, be able to get some other tenants on board and, and help kind of pay for it, basically, and, and save the way. Um, and unfortunately, it just it didn't happen that way. And so at this point, you know, we've got this fantastic building that's way bigger than what we need. Um, it's a nice place. It's a great property. Um, it's right next to the Boulevard Brewery. But um, it just hasn't lived up to what I think the original vision for it was. So, you know, again, about a year ago, the board at that time had made the decision to put it up for sale and had a buyer. Um, and it just didn't. Something happened and didn't pan out. So anyway, that happens. We understand that. So we were really excited when we got this buyer um, to come in. And anyway, so because of our because of our status as a nonprofit in the state of Missouri, one of the two steps that's required, Greg, is that we have to have the membership vote on it. So you know, the board and I have looked at it. We've run the numbers. We really believe that the fiduciary responsibilities of the membership requires that we need to proceed with the sale. Um, and I'm still in the process of identifying exactly where we're going to go, but we have some other really good options for a lease um, for much smaller space. It's really all we need in terms of, you know, office staff. I mean, we really don't at this point get a ton of visitors, um, contest reps that love to come pick up their checks and, and say hello, and we appreciate that very much. <laughs> um, but, you know, for the most part, at this point, we just don't need this huge building and all of the expenses that come with it. Sure. So. We, um, anyway, so at this point, you asked about the vote. So, yeah, we've got a vote going right now, actually live for members in good standing uh, to go online. And essentially, all they have to do is log into their membership portal and go into the engagement section. And the voting election booth for them is right open there. We made it as simple as possible. Yes, I approve this transaction. And no, I don't. So, obviously, you know, we're asking for the yes, I approve this transaction to proceed. Is there any thought as to why this would get voted down or, or not approved, or do you think this is just more of a formality, people will just go in, they understand the position financially that this could put KCBS in, and they'll all be on board and just vote yes, and away you go? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I've seen a couple comments coming through on social media. Um, I think for the most part, and, and I've seen where we stand so far, so far, the, the results are resounding, yes, proceed, you know, with this transaction, uh, because I think people understand that at the end of the day, we need to be looking in the best interest of KCBS, and from where we're at right now, we just, we need to take the action of getting out of this um, long-term debt and, you know, from the building itself, 
and proceed with, with the new option that's going to be more cost-effective from an overall structure perspective. So that's really where we're standing at the moment. And, you know, again, leading into more transparency overall, that's definitely been something that in my short term here we've been focusing on sharing as much as we can and also making decisions to be able to share more information with the membership. And, and so that's, you know, that's what we're trying to do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got this fantastic building that, quite frankly, is a little bit more expensive than we should be in. And that's just, you know, Midwestern Airbnb as straightforward as possible. We've, we've, we've bought more than at the time we really could afford. And so, you know, again, I think the original vision was great um, in terms of trying to make it something additional where you could have all kinds of other tenants. But when you realize that something isn't working out that way, you have to ask yourself, do we keep putting all this money into it? Or do we take this great qualified buyer and do we get that money back out of it, get into a space that really fits our needs for right now in a more cost-effective way, and reinvest that into our mission. And that's, you know, that's what we've made the decision to do. Yeah, so, I mean, it sounds like, from what you're saying, and I'm certainly not asking for specifics, but uh, assuming everything is executed properly, no hiccups along the way, you will have a, a net gain on sale that will you know, cover the nut that you have on the building, maybe a little extra to roll in as you're talking about uh, reinvesting back into the mission at KCBS then. It's not going to be a loser. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right, yeah. Uh, Emily Detweiler from the KCBS is joining us here on the show. Uh, when does the voting for that supposed to close? Um, I believe it's supposed to close next Monday. Okay. Um, so, at, but at this point, you know, we would definitely ask that everybody log in and vote. Sooner is always better than later, but we are working all of this concurrently with uh, some of the other legalese that's happening behind the scenes with the broker and the buyer. So things are really looking in good shape. Uh, let's talk about some marketing things and uh, other uh, you know, programs that help bring visibility to KCBS. Um, I know there's a lot of things that you're probably jumping on as fires start to sprout up, but where is or, or where do you see the, the current marketing programs as they sit, and how are you trying to readjust those to meet your specific vision to steer that ship? Yeah, that's a great question, Greg. And, you know, I think you're you're part of the membership, so you've probably seen some of the emails that have gone out recently. So again, if we really, you know, in my time on board and working with the board, you know, we've really had a chance to dig in more to the numbers and, and the contracts that have been in place and things like that, partnerships that we've had, the contacts that we're working with, those types of things. So, you know, at this point what we have uh, what we have decided to do and it's always hard to make decisions that are that are different and um, you know, change is uncomfortable for some people, but um, you know, we've had to make a decision to, to end some of our longer-term multi-year agreements that we've got in place. Um, as we figure out, again, how to best right-size some of the marketing programs, make them more cost-effective, um, really make them a little bit more conducive to what the specific partners are looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, I think that all marketing programs over time, um, you know, they kind of go through the, the course of we, we invest back in them and... Um, grow them in a different direction or do they kind of have they serve their purpose and, you know, we need to do something different to sure. break through. Uh, and that's really kind of where we're at right now, Greg. So, you know, I think the programs that we've had in the past have been good. Um, there's nothing wrong with any of the programs that have transpired, but I think we're at a point right now where we need to do things a little bit differently, um, both in terms of from a cost perspective and make them more cost effective, um, but also 
to really make them more engaging and exciting for a broader audience. And it's, it's no, you know, it's no secret. We've been talking for quite a while about how do you get, um, continue to have a strong base in the outdoor cooking enthusiast space, but also attract a younger audience. And that's, you know, that's the dichotomy that we're going after right now. And that's what our partners and potential partners are looking for as well. So we're trying to find new ways to do the facts. Does this involve bringing a lot of that back in-house? I know uh, at points it was outsourced, whether it be through you know somebody like back in the day it was an MMA creative that was coming in and, and do a lot of marketing and stuff like that. Are you looking to, to recapture that back in-house? Great question. So, yes, we are looking to recapture that back in-house. Um, you know, the good thing is, from a KCBS perspective, that's a lot of the background that I bring, which is, you know, partially why I was uh, asked to come take on this uh, big task. Um, so, yes, I'm excited to be able to bring more of that in-house. I think, based on the conversations that I've also had with those existing and potential partners, you know, that also is something that I think shows an excitement for just in terms of, again, really being able to be a little bit closer to the everyday portion of the mission and, and vision of what CCBS brings to life. So and it, it definitely will help us in terms of being as nimble as possible, both from a time, timeline perspective, but also from a cost perspective. So, you know, I think we'll really be able to do a nice job of delivering both on the needs of the, the partners, sponsors, um, really, as well as being able to make decisions very quickly and move um, seamlessly, you know, in house. So, yeah, we're in the process of um, of finding somebody to uh, to really help. So, if anybody is interested, and uh, we will have a posting that's going to go live in the next couple of days. Um, and you know, we're we're going to be looking for somebody based in Kansas City because that's where. We are, you know, and again, the whole purpose of having somebody come in house is to be able to be a part of that and really to be able to be part of the team, the staff that is grinding it out every day and being able to change and, you know, do what we need to do very efficiently. So, yeah, so that's what we're we're planning for there, Greg. All right, so we'll be on the lookout if uh, anybody's in the Kansas City area and you're a marketing genius, you might want to keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, we're talking with Emily Detweiler, CEO of Kansas City Barbecue Society. Uh, just a couple uh, random items here before I let you go. Um, is it Will there be a second edition of the Kansas City Barbecue Society's World Invitational? So... I'm not quite ready to announce a date and location just yet, but you'll right. be the first one, Greg, when I am, because I know that you love to have Barbecue Central uh, exclusive news. Always, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, but um, it is definitely something that we're working through right now. Um, you know, we're still kind of in the process of identifying um, what worked, what didn't. Um, there's a lot that works really well um, for the last one, so... Again, we're thinking that more than likely it'll be in that November time period. So, you know, just kind of give that a little teaser right now. But, um, uh, you know, that's something that we're getting very close with the events committee at CCBS to be able to nail down um, and bring to life because we know that people really loved it. Um, and we're excited to be able to bring it back. And also, you know, think about ways that we can incorporate, um, whether it's incorporating the backyard teams as well, maybe some other other types of fun, fun engagement like that. So, yes, it's definitely something that is still in the works. 
All right, so aside from the voting on the sale of the building, there's also going to be voting for like open board seats and stuff like that coming up shortly as well? That's right. Yep, this is definitely that critical time of year. Um, we've been very uh, forthright with who the candidates are. We're down to 11 candidates for next year. I think they're all very strong. Um, so that is exciting. You know, I think we've got a really good board in place today, and so it's exciting to be able to see the next slate coming in behind them uh, to continue to help support and really drive the business of KCBS forward. You know, obviously, I know we need to continue to stay true to our roots, but we also need to do that in a way that has longevity and, and good business acumen behind it, because otherwise we won't survive, you know, in the long term. So I think from what I've seen from the slate of... Um, of nominees, again, we've got some really strong candidates with a lot of strong background. I mean, they obviously all have love of KCBS parts, um, a lot of, you know, experience, whether it's through judging, uh, being contestants of teams or contest organizers, things like that. We've got a wide variety of expertise, but we've also got a lot of um, professional background that I think is going to be critical in helping us, you know, as we move forward. So, I think um, based on the candidates that I've seen, I think we're going to see a really nice blend of new and existing board members. So I'm definitely excited about that. Um, Voting will begin January 2nd for that. So again, we really encourage um, encourage the entire membership to get out and vote um, for that election because it really is important. And then obviously, you know, we will announce the winners of that election at the banquet, which is January 17th and 18th in Kansas City. Is there like still open spots for that, or is that pretty much a sellout at this point? Yeah, no, great question. So um, I still get the all of the uh, Eventbrite emails as they come in, so I get to see all of the tickets that are being purchased. Um, ticket sales are definitely strong this year, so we're going to see a lot of attendees at the banquet, which I'm excited about. But we do still have some seats available. So yes, if uh, if your listeners are interested in attending the banquet and coming to hang out and have a good time. There is still space available. Um, I'll be hosting a lunch on that Friday, so if people want to come and have a roundtable and, and talk with me, get to know me a little bit better, ask some of the fun and hard questions, you know, I'm definitely open to that. Nice. Um, and we will have, uh, we've got the rest of the agenda posted on the KCBS website, so people can see what we've got going on on Friday and Saturday. We also have a, um, a free table captain class if anybody wants to become a certified table captain. Um, and then certainly we've got a lot of fun in store for Saturday night during the banquet. I'm, I'm really excited. So I've attended the banquets in my past days with Cookfield as a sponsor. Um, but I have not had the privilege of participating in one of these uh, contest swapping sessions. So I personally, that's what I'm, one of the things I'm the most excited to see. Um, so, you know, um, attendees can raffle or for a raffle ticket, which is going to be two dollars. You know, they can get the chance to uh, to have a free admission into a contest around the country throughout the year. And from what I understand, it gets pretty darn competitive. And we even have to have this special little section roped off where people can have their trading uh, conversations. So it's it's a little spirited and fun, Greg. If you're not doing it on January 18th, you might need to come to Kansas City to do a live broadcast or at least experience this. 
All right, we'll we'll talk about that off air for sure. Um, last thing before I let you go was uh, Cyber Monday yesterday. I think it's Giving Tuesday today. Uh, do you have any suggestions on Giving Tuesday with the remaining hours left? That is a great question. So I would suggest that people go on to KCBS.us uh, and think about uh, donating to our 501c3 foundation. You know, that um, helps provide scholarships for our members, um, uh, member kids, and for for a small donation, you know, you can really make a big impact in, mm-hmm. in people's lives. And it's been really fun to review some of the applications and their stories and, and really understand what an impact it does make to these kids as they're going through, whether it's, you know, full college, two-year college, whatever it is they're doing. Um, it's just awesome that, you know, the spirit of barbecue gives, lives on and, and through the giving. So, I would certainly encourage you to consider it if you're interested in giving. Obviously, any day is fantastic, um, but being Giving Tuesday, I think that's always a great thing to consider. And we definitely can help with uh, providing uh, tax deduction letters as well for any of those gifts. Live from California, it is the CEO of the KCBS, Emily Detweiler. Emily, appreciate you making time for the show this evening and enjoy the rest of your vacation. Thanks for making time. Always grateful to be here. Thank you, Greg, and have a good evening. You got it. There she is, Emily Detweiler, the CEO of KCBS. Yeah, and she's doing a vacation out there. That's the wrong button. And making time for the show. Uh, you know, I was really only interested in is the you know because I'm. I'm business guy, so I want to know if the the building sale was a, a winner, a cover, or a loser, and it's a winner. So that's good. That's good news for everybody. You should vote yes if you're a KCBS member. By the way, I am not... Andrew, you are not... I am not a KCBS member. I just get a lot of information thrown my way. I'm typically in the know. I am not a KCBS member. I remain impartial. That's it. Always been that way. Let me talk to you quickly about the barbecue guru. Always believing that barbecue and grilling should be fun and easy because it can be. With the barbecue guru, pit temperature control device, creators of this technology. Also, are you looking for a ceramic cooker? Might I suggest the monolith? It's built with a power draft fan already in it. Smarter control, greater freedom. If you have a controller already, you can wire it right to the fan. Away you go. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature. Let the monolith do the work of a guru, of a sous chef, or a barbecue pit master. With minimal effort, you have oven-like precision at the grill. You can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. Any questions, go to the website, bbqguru.com. Call them if you have further questions, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. We are back to wrap the first hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right. Welcome back. 
Uh, Diane Mee is asking if we know what they paid for the building, that being KCBS. Until we know that, we cannot make the determination. Uh, I've had sources tell me that between the 3.1 cell that is on the table right now and what was owed, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a, a decent margin going in. Decent profit. I do not know what they bought it for, uh, nor do I know what is left on the bill. But uh, if it's plus one dollar over sale, then you know you're you're making money. But I'm sure it's probably better than that. I can probably get that info. We'll see. All right, we are wrapping the first hour, and remember, Sam the Cooking Guy comes straight away. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. Be right back.